discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week we are going to talk about sigils. Before we start, I want to add a correction to um, technically a couple of episodes. Um, In the past, we've talked a lot about feathers and finding feathers. And I just want to remind um, all of our listeners out there that there are federal laws and regulations surrounding the gathering of feathers from native birds, that's birds native to North America, Um, gathering any feathers from birds native to North America is illegal and can result in some fines. So just be really careful about where you're sourcing your feathers. That is good to know. (laughs) And I want to give a big big old shout out to Austin, who uh, let me know that there was an error in our podcast with that information. Thank you so much. I super appreciate it. Um, I actually appreciate all that they are doing for me right now. So huge shout out to Austin. Thank you, Austin. Now, on to sigils. We've talked a whole lot in um, almost every episode about how intention and our own will is really where the magic happens and where we draw our power from, and that all of the other little bits and bobs are just tools to help us harness that intention and that will. Sigils are all about the harnessing of that intention. To create a sigil, you have to focus not only on your intention, but on the end product. You can't just really sling around an idea and have a good and effective sigil. No so, fly then. <laughs> um, not really, no, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So the dictionary definition of a sigil is a seal or a signet, but it is also any inscribed or painted symbol that is considered to have magical meaning. Uh, A lot of religious symbols would be considered a sigil. Full sentences could be considered if it's magically charged. It can be written on anything and and placed almost anywhere. And uh, even if you're just writing in the air as you cast a spell, the core of a sigil is boiled down intention. So I'm gonna explain this a little bit as I explain how we get to making sigils because it's there, there's a bunch of different ways to come up with your sigil, but the way that I was first taught, but we're boiling down an intention. And when we're getting into sigils, we're getting into vagueness that magic is while still talking about very specific things. So for brand new pack practitioners, the idea of sigils can be very overwhelming and confusing. So first I'm gonna do a super brief history. This is not extensive by any stretch of the imagination. If a sigil is an inscribed or painted symbol imbued with magical powers, humans have been making sigils probably since before they were homo sapiens sapien. And absolutely they've been making them since before there was written language. But for modern magical users, sigils became a much more prominent thing with the book, The Lesser Key of Solomon, which is a grimoire that was compiled from much older source material. It was compiled about the 17th century. 
this is mostly sigils of the wards of hell. So if you're into the the work of if you're into working with demons, check that out. Yeah. It's got a lot of their names and their magical stuff. It's kind of interesting. Most demonologists at the time conveniently left out the fact that archangels also had sigils. And now most sigils are used in forms of chaos magic to help harness the combined energies of elements and of the caster. When I first started looking into sigils, I was taught the following way, and it's going to I tried to get this as clear as possible. So I was taught that you write your intention as clearly and concisely as possible in sentence format. Example, I will get this job. Then you remove from that sentence all the vowels and all the repeated letters. So with the sentence, I will get this job, we remove the I, the E, and the O, as well as an extra L and an extra T. So we end up with the letters W-L-G-T-H-S-J-B. Now, start playing with writing these letters to create one unified piece. The goal is to have the original sentence be blurred so that the intention is the only thing that remains. Because sigils come from some pretty esoteric magic that added the element of mystery surrounding the creation of them. So... Because sigils stem from esoteric magic, the added element of mystery surrounding the creation of them and what they may mean if someone comes across them is part of the magic, that mystery, mystical element. And I have been told that the best sigils are the ones that even the creator of them can't remember what the original sentence was. And I, I know for a fact, I have multiple sigils that I just have picked up and gone, what did I even, what was I think, what is this? Pretty much my everyday life. <laughs> what was I yeah. <laughs> Not just sigils. So um, I've seen a couple of different ways where people um, use images. Like I want a house on the beach and they would just make a frame and wavy lines for the beach. And maybe that um, family could visit, maybe add a heart or a symbol for the family. I've seen ones take the remaining letters and then like making the frame of the house. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, some of those, they're a little more graphic. So I wonder if it's ones you would just keep in plain sight for kind of your personal use. But sure. my favorite medium for sigils is my sigil sandbox where I have the starfish and uh, a piece of driftwood that I erase. I just draw in there, given that the power of the sea and all the, the shells, and I randomly throw crystals in there too, so I don't like it's more of a junk box sigil. <laughs> well, what I like about your way of using your sigil sandbox is that every time you create a sigil, um, especially in chaos magic, the key is to imbue the sigil with the energy and the magic and then you to release that magical energy so to release the spell and make the spell go to work you have to destroy it in some way mm -hmm. so every day when you erase a new one you create you're releasing yesterday's magic and letting it happen yeah yeah without even knowing it i just go oh i should probably change that so now that we've talked a little bit about sigils let's talk about some of the uses for sigil witchery there's healing 
sigils, uh, which can be done in a multitude of ways. You could easily draw the healing, the sigil you create for healing on your skin in marker or whatever, tattoos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of that right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Reiki actually is a energy healing, sorry, that mm -hmm. uses specific symbols. Um, often you don't learn the symbols and the effectively the sigils until you've gone through several steps of Reiki learning. So it's an initiative it's an initiation process basically, which adds to the element of magic because only a few people are going to know what that is. And that's one of the points to sigils, banishing magic. And actually I'm gonna, banishing and protecting magic is a really good place to talk about voodoo sigils. Uh, remember again, that voodoo is a closed practice and that to practice it, you do need to be invited in by a voodoo priest or priestess. But banishing and protecting magic. So in voodoo, each of the loa have their own sigil. In voodoo, it's called a bebe. And they're absolutely gorgeous. They're the most beautiful things. But to use them correctly, you need to be initiated into the practice so that you know what each line you're drawing means. Hmm. Um, but they are often used for banishing or protecting. For instance, I'm friends with a, a voodoo practitioner who was raised in voodoo in their home over their door is a veve for protection from legba. Sigils can be used for bindings and unbindings, for attracting prosperity, love, friendship, partnerships, all of those good, beautiful things that we want to attract for to ourselves. But one of my favorites, now that you said it, I did a bunch of research on it. This is all Nancy's <laughs> fault. I fell, I fell down a deep, dark hole. <laughs> Glamour magic. Yes. And I, I got so excited when I saw that because it didn't really even occur to me, but it would be so easy if you are a makeup wearer to draw a sigil in your foundation and then blend it out to release it. Yeah. Or to write eyeliner or lipstick somewhere on your skin, your sigil for, I, I just thought that that was brilliant. Yeah. It opens all kinds of things, doesn't it? Yeah. So I thought maybe we covered a little bit, I and mean, this is kind of more generalized, but it's a good mm -hmm. um, idea when you do, we're talking about sigil magic. It is um, kind of a good idea, bad idea, like um, asking for an exact thing, like mm -hmm. lottery or asking for financial or um, secure financial security or that. So what do you think about um, when people get too specific on a, the way they phrase their sigil? So I think that it works best in my experience with my work with sigils. It works best if, if I'm going to be very, very specific that I have that I've worked in the mundane world to line those things up. So back to our example of, I will get this job. Well, I'm not going to get a job, that job if I haven't applied for it. Exactly. So if I've laid the real world groundwork for that, then that sigil could be very specific. And I, I could, you could even make it more specific. I will get the cashier position at Tiffany's. Yeah. Right. That's super specific, mm -hmm. but you've already laid the groundwork. So you can be that specific. Okay. That makes sense. But if you're just saying, I... 
I want love, well, maybe instead of saying I want love, in that case, I wouldn't be very specific because I always worry about messing with people's free wills. So I get a little anxious when we start fiddling with things like love magic. <laughs> and, and I'm a person who will, I have no problems with the concept of hexing. So I just always say, what is, inter are we interfering with someone's free will? Yeah. If the answer is no, then we can move on. Yeah, that makes sense. Now we're going to cover, and I don't know if this is a technical term for it, mediums for sigils and the different um, materials that you can use. I like the word mediums. I mean, it works on a lot of different levels. As an artist, I work in a lot of different mediums. Yeah. It works. Um, so naturally, the first one is going to be paper and pen. I'm write it out. Um, they're great for candle magic. You carve, carve the sigil into the candle. Um, I, I really enjoy doing that. It's very soothing to do that too. Mm -hmm. There's all um, the magic you put in there too. Mm -hmm. uh, or... You can create jewelry. Celtic knots are basically a form of sigil, especially if you create it yourself. So you could, you could do all sorts of things with that. Um, clay, you could build your sigil, you could create your sigil out of clay. And then when you're ready to release the energy, you could just squish it down. Oh, that'd be so cathartic. Oh, yeah. Wow. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> paint, obviously, and, you know, any art supplies that you're drawing with, that obviously works. Straight up fabric. I am actually in the middle of creating a effectively a prayer flag where I am embroidering a sigil onto a piece of fabric that I will hang in. <laughs> it's going to be so pretty. I'm so excited. Um, and as it blows in the wind, it's a, that's how the magic will be released. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you to, as we talked about um, the differences like having it in sand or dirt or paper where you can burn it or wipe it. You were talking about like if you had it on the jewelry or fabric, how that gets out into the air of the universe just by breathing mm -hmm. or going out. Or I know that, so chaos magic, which I learned a lot of my initial sigil work from chaos magicians. Um, chaos magic tends to be a little more ritualized than I am as a human. Yeah. And so... In chaos magic, it's very specific. You write your intention, it's very boiled down, and then you boil it down more by getting rid of the extra letters. And then you pour your intention into the creating of this mystery element. Yeah. And then it's important in chaos magic that you destroy the sigil in some way. Whether you burn it or let the candle melt away or whatever, the key is to destroy the sigil in some way. I don't necessarily, and, and in my experience, it doesn't need to be destroyed as much as it needs to be altered or moved. I kind of think of it like when you have a, a pressure pot and you're canning, mm -hmm. let's say, that pressure builds up. Let's pretend the creation of the sigil is the pressure building up. And then when it's built up enough, you release the knot on the top, right? Yep. It doesn't destroy 
anything in that's in the middle of that pressure. It just releases it. That's a very good visual. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, good. I wasn't really sure that that was oh, going to track like, as well. Because you know, I, I could picture it, but I wasn't really sure if it was going to track as well as I wanted it to. No, that, that's a really good visual. Um, one that um, while I was doing research that I found really cool was the sigil in motion to incorporate in your yoga or dance. But, I, oh, that's, I love that idea a lot. You could do your morning uh, routine, your stretches, and then incorporate a sigil into that. I thought that was kind of cool. Which brings us to vanishing sigils. So I want to go back a little bit to the idea of voodoo um, and why you might want vanishing sigils. <laughs> um, yeah, the reason why they had to start being vanishing, right? So you could, Well, you know, a lot of magic, especially in the Christian era, has had to be done underground. Yep. And in the, in the shadows and behind closed doors. And so to do things like have, say, have your veve on your door, how are you going to have your veve on your door if, if, if that's going to bring your family harm? That does exactly. kind of does the opposite of the protection that a veve yeah. is supposed to bring you. Well, you're going to draw it, you, you can draw it in Florida water or draw it in the dust in front of your house and you know so so sigils that vanish and also we're back to the idea of releasing that energy mm -hmm. right as as the florida water dries it's releasing that energy as the dust is blown away it's releasing that energy yeah. so we're right back to the idea of creating something to store energy for a short amount of magical energy for a short amount of time and as it's destroyed, it's releasing the releasing the spell into the wild to do its thing. Yeah, we were looking at some of the ones like salt. I was just thinking, you know, when we do the black salt, you draw a line in front of the doorway. But really, that could be a sigil because you're blocking anything from stepping mm -hmm. over it. The mean mm -hmm. don't stop. You know, this is you're not no admittance. And you know, you can draw your sigil and then place your. Mat. welcome mat over it yep. and boom nobody knows it's there it's hidden it's doing its little secret work every step is gonna every step on the mat is gonna destroy it a little bit and release a little bit of energy mm -hmm. yeah or the dirt in your backyard you're protecting mm -hmm. your yard um one of my favorite ones that we reviewed is the sand mm -hmm. and you can do it right before the waves come up and then the wave think about the power of the sea taking away sigil, especially for a sea witch. That one's pretty cool. But hear me out. What if you got those giant bits of seaweed that wash up? Make those into a sigil? Yeah. Oh man, they'd be a whole new medium to explore. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna have so much fun when we go to the beach. No, COVID go away, we need to go to the beach. So, other ways you can do a vanishing sigil is chalk on pavement, um, bring back that, that sidewalk chalk, um, drawing it in the earth, um, especially if you're planting and want a prosperous, bounteous harvest, you could write the sigil in your bed, in that 
in the bed and then plant over it. Oh, that'd be a mate. That's genius. Um, stirring it into your coffee or your soup when, you know, mm-hmm. um, before you eat it. So you're actually consuming your magical power, which come on guys, that's just clever. Um, fire. Um, and I was thinking in also in, in terms of fire, uh, if you used a flashlight and just drew it with light or a sparkler. Oh, one of those laser pointers. Yeah. Yeah. Be... I mean, really the, the mediums. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke, draw it in smoke from a candle or a piece of incense. Mm-hmm. Um, drawing it in the air with just your wand. Oh. The options really are limitless if you let them be. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, even just sitting here talking, we could probably come up with another 20. I think we could, honestly. Honestly. Yeah. Um, like, oh, I need some of that. I could do that. We could do this at the beach. Um, so that brings us into it, what they call acknowledging sigils, various ways. Acknowledging is really just kind of recognizing that there's magic there and that you want to partake in that magic. So I have multiple sigils. Oh, so ridiculous. I have so many. <laughs> post-it notes. <laughs> oh, I bought myself po- a whole big, big post-it note. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I, seriously, I kid you not. I have post-it notes everywhere all the time, all the time. And frequently what will happen is I will have an idea of a, of a, a power or a thought that I want to harness. And I just need it to be f- a sigil and I will draw a sigil and I will tuck it away and I will find it three or four months later and be like, don't know what that meant. And there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, Or Mm -hmm. tracing and retracing the image that you've created. is going to keep feeding that sigil power too. Mm -hmm. Um, Re, re, Refreshing, which I just call redrawing my lines, basically. Um, It's the same idea of retracing it, except that you're doing it in your Florida water on your door or your salt or whatever. Yeah, you're just kind of redoing the image to... I love this next idea, but you're the one who found it, so you get to... Ingesting. (laughs) So like we talked about... um, making a dozen of cookies or seven, whatever, and on the frosting doing a sigil. And then every night at the same time, you eat one of those cookies because you, you have a ritual. But the other one was doing on chocolate and I'm all about the chocolate. I'm like, mm. give me some dark chocolate. I can do a sigil. Yeah. My stomach would probably not appreciate that, but chocolate. Chocolate. Um, and devotional sigils for the spirit or deity you want to contact. Now, especially if you're from a Christian background, like I said, all the archangels have them. Um, demons have them. Jesus has one. If you think of the Jesus fish, I do not know the name for it. Um, but, uh, that's a sigil that, uh, Goddess moon is technically a sigil with the crescent oh. moons on the symbol for the triple goddess. Right? Yep. Yep. That is also, those are all things that are signs and sigils and that completely 
can be incorporated into your work. So after you've created it, really the key is to either put it away so you kind of don't remember that it's there or destroy it. Now, like I said, Chaos Magic really believes that it needs to be destroyed in some way. My experience says that my sigils work if I narrow down the intent um, and destruction will only matter in very certain cases. It's not um, the magic you're doing too, probably. Yeah, like yeah. A, something like a banishing or a... That needs to be destroyed because okay. you're trying to cut that thing out. You don't want that thing anymore. But you don't want to constantly be destroying your protective sigils. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking, like for, for good health or for prosperity. Yeah. That's something that you just don't want in one situation. You want it to be reoccurring. So that would be better with something that you trace or look at or mm -hmm. acknowledge, I would think. So there's also many other ways to make sigils, to create sigils. Bearing in mind, as we always say, your magic is your magic. I highly recommend looking on Pinterest to see what other practitioners have created because there are some absolutely breathtaking sigils out there and people have been kind enough to share them and I um, cannot recommend exploring via Pinterest. Yeah, there's a couple of really good books out on it too, on sigil witchery. Um, my, the book that changed the way I practice and I mean completely changed the way I practice is by the author uh, Laura Tempest Zarkoff Croft. Yeah, it's exactly the book I'm holding my hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, you can read the title because I just forgot it. Uh, it's actually just Witch's Guide: A Witch's Guide to Crafting Magical Symbols, Sigil Witchery. It is utterly fantastic. I honestly, guys, please please give that book a chance because it literally changed the way it changed. So I'd been interested in sigils because I wanted to get, make my practice more focused, but everything I was finding on the internet, it was fine. And I was making sigils that were working, but I wasn't, they were, they were basically C level work. Like if you're a student and you know, ABCD that yeah. my, those sigil spells were basically C-level level work. And then I bought that book, Sigil Witchery. I, I read it flying to San Francisco. Oh, wow. From, from Portland, Oregon. So it's a very quick read because that is not a long flight. She has a lot of exercises in there, too, for you to, like, if you were thinking of this sigil, what would you draw? And um, it, a lot of symbolism, too, of what basic symbols mean in a sigil so it's a really good book and and i highly recommend it i this is not a sponsored podcast mm -hmm. she does not even know we're talking about her nope. uh but that's fine because who's gonna get mad if i'm saying really glowing things about you uh it changed the way i looked at producing sigils to the point where i took my sigils from being mediocre functioning getting the job done but eh, nothing more to holy heck did I just do that with a sigil and get this thing that I really wanted and make this thing work like the way I wanted. Yeah. I think it's a lot more um, concentrated intent because mm -hmm. the whole design and everything you put into it and then so many mediums that you can do with it. It was amazing. So 
I, I recommend checking out that book if you can. I highly recommend Pinterest for getting ideas and labeling. I, Sigil Magic is is great because there's there's zero limits to it. Yeah. The only limit is the person creating it. Exactly. And the person um, looking at it or velvet, which brings up, um, I never thought about until I was doing the research for this episode about negative sigils. And then I just went, oh, whoa, in our world right now, mm -hmm. think mm -hmm. about the things we're exposed to, the hatred and that that's put into them. So... Um, so, and we talked about this when we were doing our review for the podcast, yeah. uh, the swastika, which originally is a Buddhist and Hindu symbol originating out of India for peace and love was co-opted. And we all know now that it means some very horrifying things. Um, and I would absolutely say that that is a negative and and i would also say that for each individual you're going to have signs and symbols that you react negatively towards if you're a christian you're going to react more negatively towards the pentacle mm -hmm. than a witch is because That's christian okay. christians have been taught that the pentacle is a sign of satan Whereas witches are taught, it's how we draw power, and it's a un unifying force of all of the elements. Elements, and, yeah, exactly. You know, all of these things that we believe, Christians have been taught something completely different about a sigil that means something to us. So if you, and if you are a, a witch or an atheist or whatever, and you see a cross, well, that to you is a negative sigil. So we're all going to have imagery and images that we're not going to necessarily want to incorporate in our work because they mean something negative to us. Exactly. Or even just um, something of no value. I mean, to me, I yeah. try to be really open to everybody else's um, religions. So I don't necessarily think negative about them, but I just don't incorporate them in my life. Exactly. Because I, yeah, one of the biggest problems with our world is people freaking live and let live, whether it's religion or sexual preference or you know, what color you are, we're all people on this planet, just live and let live, unless you're evil. Unless you're, unless you're a white supremacist and then I will punch yeah. you in your face. And not deal with that, no. So by the way, here at Lunar Magic Tea Time, we absolutely believe Black Lives Matter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Just getting that right out there. No questions. We will not be taking criticism on that part of our lives. No, thank you very much. All right. So sigils are a really exciting thing to incorporate. Experiment. Remember your magic is your magic. And I think with that, uh, this has been Lunar Magic Tea Time. You can find us on the internet at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can listen to the podcast at the website or on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and Google Play. Verified. We are on Google Play now. You can 
find Lunar Magic Tea Time on YouTube. We sell t-shirts through Teespring. Find us on Facebook at Lunar Magic Tea Time and you can join the Facebook group, which I have some plans for. I'm just, I'm getting there. As always, uh, thank you for listening and have a magical day.